Chigoe, an only podcast series focusing on current matters in the Mi'kmaq community. Gwe, Akhtalasi, Delawisi Shandok. Hello and welcome. My name is Sean Doak. I'm a proud member of the Lennox Island First Nation and communications officer with Ulnwe. Welcome to Jigue. I'm your host, and today I'm speaking with Ulnwe Executive Director Janine Woldridge about the 2022 Nationhood Gathering that was held earlier this month and why it was so important. So, Will Allen, thank you for joining me today, Janine. It's great to be able to have you on the podcast. Gwei, Will Allen, Sean, it's great to be here. So a good place to start uh, for those who maybe don't know or are just learning, what exactly is a nationhood gathering in this case? In this case, the Ebigwit Nationhood Gathering is an opportunity for the Mi'kmaq on PEI to gather. And it was hosted by Olnawe under the leadership of the Ebigwit Assembly of Councils. And it's a forward and future-looking gathering that provides an opportunity for Mi'kmaq people to share our culture, our visions for the future, and to help shape the work that we do for future generations. So where did this uh, kind of work begin and why? Well, the first nationhood gathering was held on September 28th, 2019, and it was actually the launch of Olnaway. So it took place before I was hired as the executive director here. And the Mi'kmaq leadership at that time knew that they needed an entity and resources dedicated specifically for uh, consultations, negotiations, and governance development work. So they created Olnaway, the Mi'kmaq Rights Initiative for PEI. And they launched Olnaway with a nationhood gathering um, for Mi'kmaq people from across PEI to focus on Mi'kmaq rights and governance and the vision for the future. And so hundreds of us gathered that day, and it was an absolutely lovely day. It was. I was there. I can uh, vouch for that. <laughs> so what was the outcome of the last nationhood gathering held in 2019? What were some outcomes from that? So there were a few key outcomes outcomes and during the gathering there was a visioning session that was held and it was clear from the themes that arose there that there was a huge focus on revitalizing culture and language, um, concerns around mobility rights regarding the limitation of colonial boundaries for the on and off reserve um, that exists right now, identifying who would be the beneficiaries of Mi'kmaq rights and title, uh, involvement in decision making, and the importance of our elders, and continuing to gather as a nation, and the importance of communication. So why get together again? What is the purpose of that? Other than, you know, lots of people said they wanted to do it again. (laughs) Yeah, so one of the biggest takeaways from the last nationhood gathering was the desire to hold this province-wide gathering uh, every year. And people love the opportunity uh, to gather from all over Abiguit. And it's paving a path forward in a way that gives uh, us an opportunity to do things differently. And when you see governance structures that are facing challenges around us, um, you don't necessarily see others taking the time to do the visioning work that is so desperately needed and looking at how they have an opportunity to shape a better future, to do better. And we want to make sure that we are revisiting those visioning questions and making sure that people have the opportunity to provide input to them. In a way, it's it's their opportunity to kind of take control of their future and have uh, some input into that. Absolutely. So what were some of the key takeaways uh, from the visioning session that was held this year? 
Yeah, so I will start with um, the questions that were asked. So the first one was, what if we looked beyond the Indian Act? And we received so much amazing input for these questions. And for this first one, it really the input really focused on everyone um, working together as one nation, um, rewriting uh, the history from an Indigenous perspective, having honest nation-to-nation talks, um, having things tailored to our needs and not having to fight for our rights. And then the second question that was asked was, what if we could design the future for our people? And some of the responses included um, increasing freedom, control over our own resources, um, having women's perspective included in research, um, establishing revenue streams, and looking at us n- not from a perspective of being a race, but being a nation. And then the third question was, what do we value as Abigwidnawa Mi'kmaq? And some of the responses um, included keeping our elders' teachings strong, our families, our traditions, community, uh, ways of knowing and being, our connection to the land, and our language, culture, and history. Mm-hmm. And then the final question looked at, what are your long-term 10-plus year um priorities for the Mi'kmaq Nation and so for this there there were many answers and lots of great input and one of them was to make sure that we're looking beyond 10 years and I thought that that was very important because we do have to plan for our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and our (laughs) great-great-grandchildren and so on and it's so important to note that the work that we are doing today is impacting their future Um, and future generations. So some of the other answers uh, included eliminating the doctrine of discovery, learning the real history, uh, being able to make our own decisions as equals, having our own rules as a nation, keeping our youth connected to the culture, having a common understanding of what decolonization means, and working towards self-governance. So there was so much great input that was gathered from the visioning session here, and it's a way for us to check in and make sure that the work that we are doing here is on the right path and aligned with um, the visions of um, the Mi'kmaq community in Ebigwit. And what better way to get it than hear directly from the Mi'kmaq community themselves? Absolutely. So why is it so important for the Mi'kmaq community of Epicwit to build governance for ourselves rather than have someone else kind of come in and, and do that for us? Well, that has happened before, Sean. And (laughs) as you know, uh, Indigenous people across Canada have had colonial governance systems pushed on them, um, specifically with the Indian Act. And acknowledging that and acknowledging that there is life beyond the Indian Act for us um, really gives us hope and an opportunity to change the way that we are living and the governance systems that we are engaged in currently. We had traditional ways of governing ourselves, and this changed with colonization and with the introduction of the Indian Act, which dictated how we would be governed, and it forcefully moved us away from our traditional ways. Um, And so the Indian Act has been in place since 1876, and it still controls our land on reserve, how we are governed, who is considered to have status, and so much more. So we really need to take a look at 
what life will look like beyond the Indian Act. And it starts with having these important discussions and identifying what our own processes will look like and looking at how we want to be governed in future and identifying what our future will look like for future generations to come. So across the country right now, we see governance structures and institutions around us that are struggling lately and trying to keep it together, while the Epic Witnawah Mi'kmaq are doing visioning exercises and looking towards uh, what the future uh, of governance could look like for us. And that's quite a contrast between those two kind of uh, worlds, and why do you think that is? Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, I guess, you know, we are trying to rebuild from a place of being marginalized. Um, Our culture, language, families, and our communities have been damaged by colonization. Our traditional structures were taken away from us. And if we want to change that, we must first have those important discussions around what we want to work towards. Now, we are looking at how we can change that. But when it it, it really comes with so many more layers than just simply rebuilding. We are reassessing, relearning, re-educating, and on top of all that, we need to heal. And we are all in different stages of the healing journey. And we have been hurt and traumatized, and we have legitimate fears, and we are leery to trust, and all of that comes with good reason. But... We also recognize the opportunity to do better and to have these important discussions. And so we can be experiencing all of that and going through the healing journey and still have visioning sessions to look at how we want things to be. It doesn't have to be either or, and we can simultaneously be working on both. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. If there was a key message for people, uh, Janine, what would it be? I think one of the key messages is we don't all have to agree on each other's thoughts or opinions, but it's important to be open to learn new things and consider all angles and just show up in a good way. Uh, We didn't get here overnight, and it's certainly not going to change overnight, but there is an opportunity to take little steps forward, and the Nationhood Gathering provides an opportunity for those important conversations to take place. And as we learned with our public opinion research from 2019 and again in 2022, people are eager and open to learn about the Mi'kmaq and they are supportive of reconciliation efforts and looking for ways that they can be involved and do better. And, you know, maybe we can get into more details of that public opinion research on another podcast. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll save that for another one. For sure. (laughs) So what do you hope uh, people will ultimately take away from the Nationhood Gathering? I hope they take away the opportunity to focus on opportunities, um, identify priorities, and really start the discussion and the work to move us forward together in a good way. Mm -hmm. And what do you hope to see for the future uh, of First Nations here in Epiquip? What does that vision look like for you? That's a big one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I see uh, opportunity to heal and grow. I see the current generation charting a path forward for future generations. My hope is that future generations don't have to carry the burden of having to educate the general public about who they are. And I also truly hope that future generations experience a lifetime where their 
rights are being implemented and respected instead of constantly having to fight for their rights to be acknowledged and respected. It's been great to speak with you, Janine, and I hope that this conversation gives some insight into why this kind of work is so important and how it will shape our futures uh, for all of us. So I just want to say walalan and thank you uh, once again. I really appreciate your time today, Janine. Walalan, Sean. And walaliok to those who are listening, and stay tuned for our next episode. Umsidnogama, all my relations. To find out more about Ulnui and the Mi'kmaq rights reconciliation process, visit ulnui.ca.